0: Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help top performers find their authentic selves in order to come from a confident decision-making place. As a fellow seeker, I have found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hi there. Happy day to you. I promised last episode that I would share with you some affirmations based on your individual personality type. And you know that I touch briefly on the Enneagram here on the liberate your soul podcast, because I am such an enthusiast about the Enneagram Because that's my type. I'm a type 7, the enthusiast, and it feels so good to me to share with you a little bit about it. If you are in my Facebook group, Spirituality and Self with Kelly Pierce, you know that it started out as an Enneagram group. It was designed to teach you a little bit more about yourself and how you got that way and how to get out of a pigeonhole box. But I changed it because there's so much more depth to each individual human based on their path in life, on how they walk their walk spiritually with their belief systems, their culture, their heritage, and just how spirit speaks to each and every one of us. As we liberate our souls and we move through the world and Spirit speaks to each and every one of us in different ways, whether that's through nature, through worship, through reading scripture, or even just our everyday life. um, It's really amazing to watch and see how that happens, and Enneagram is designed to keep us from standing in our ego boxes and really being, well, that's just how I am. So deal with it. Right. Just saying, well, I, I really am just, I'm just a a rule follower or I just, you know, I'm just help people. That's what I do. And I just, all I do, all I want to do is just go to work and come home and that's it. Or maybe I just like to go and, and stay in my little cubby and do my research and leave me alone. And that's it. Enneagram is designed to help you become aware of patterns in your life and ways that you behave so that you might see where there are limitations or Uh, patterns in your behavior that um, stop you or prevent you from living a full and fulfilling life. It helps you to identify fears and desires and ways that your subconscious has motivated you in a superego sense that um, in a Freudian way, um, it it wasn't founded by Freud, but in a Freudian way, the superego is designed to help you get your needs met. Now, all of us have a basic need for connection. We all have a basic need for our, um, you know, on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the uh, basic needs of food, shelter, water, all that stuff, right? And we all have that. uh, We have to breathe air, we have to eat food, all that kind of stuff. It's the universal to survive. And most of us have a desire for social structure. We like to know where we are in the pecking order of things, whether that's in our small family uh, structure or if it's in a larger uh, societal, cultural sort of framework. But the way that the Enneagram works is it takes all of that as a whole and it integrates it in different um, ways that it identifies who you are as you fit into these frameworks to get those basic needs met. So you might, like me, have been in your family and noticed their personality patterns and decided, I really like to have energy stirred up. I really like to have the excitement factor and the wow, over the top, super duper fun in order to get noticed so that you could have people have their eyes on you. And it's not like the, you know, astrological sign Leo, I like the attention. It's simply to get needs met. Now, there's three basic instinctual subtypes, and that's the one-to-one connection, wanting to have personalities, you know, have a personal connection with someone. And then there's the social, um, aspect of things, wanting to have like, um, enjoying dining experiences and going out, dancing, going to clubs, um, being in a restaurant or a sporting events and just really enjoying that, that. Powerful social dynamic. And then there's the, um, personal needs, the comfort levels, like we talked about having, you know, your food and financial stability and physical comfort. So everybody has those. It's unrelated to the personality types, but it's also just a basic instinctual motivator that you will endeavor to behave in one of these ways in order to get those needs met. Now my theory, and really I think everyone who's studied the Enneagram for any amount of time, which I've studied for nine years, is that you and everyone has a little bit of all types within them. And Ennea just means nine and gram means graph because it's a graphical depiction of these types and there's a circle and it all kind of goes around and is related, interconnected. If you're acting In a certain way, under stress, you might go to one number. If you're integrated and feeling great, you might go to another number, and it's all really complicated. I could go on for, for weeks and weeks, which I did in my Ennea Great group, which is now called Spirituality and Self with Kelly Pierce, if you want to find it on Facebook and learn a little bit more. But today, I'm just going to talk about the basic fears and the lost childhood messages that you can use as affirmations if you identify with this. So, Without further ado, the basic fear of the type one or the reformer is a fear of being bad, corrupt, evil, or defective. And to combat that, you might tell yourself that you are good. It's that simple. So you might say, put on a three by five card. I am good. And you can just say that to yourself when you wake up in the morning and it feels so good to say that I am good. I am so good. I'm good enough for anything. I am good enough to handle anything that comes my way. So the basic fear of the type two is a fear of being unworthy of being loved. A type two is a helper and they typically try to help everyone with everything, but they don't help themselves. And they are afraid of being loved for not being loved for themselves alone they want to be loved so badly they are people pleasers and they will help 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 but they are afraid that their help is what is loved and not themselves so the lost childhood message for a type 2 is you are wanted so on a 3 by 5 card you would put i am wanted i am desired i am loved The type three, fear of being worthless or without inherent value. A type three is called the achiever, and they will work themselves to the bone to achieve success. Fear of being worthless for themselves alone, they work so that they will achieve and have a prolific output of whatever it is that they're outputting, whether it's work or even You know, if they are doing a bake sale, they will bake, bake, bake until they can bake no more. And they will really work for the praise. So the childhood message or affirmation is you are loved for yourself. Your affirmation card might say, I am loved for me. I am enough. I am good enough. I am all that is needed. The type four is the fear of being without identity or personal significance. The type four is the individualist, the romantic, and I just adore my fours. They are so creative and so amazing. They can feel the range of human emotions and the depth of the experience of everything from sadness to beauty and grace in an instant. The type four, you are seen for who you are. Your index card might say, I am seen. I am visible. I am unique. I am authentically beautiful. The type five, the fear of being useless, incapable, or incompetent. The type five is the investigator, and they will look for the answer, the knowledge, the facts. They probably have a set of encyclopedias, or perhaps Wikipedia is their um, favorite in their bookmarks bar, along with all of the other, uh, you know, knowledge sites beyond Google because they know what those are. (laughs) Their childhood message is your needs are not a problem. Type fives almost make themselves invisible because they don't want to be a burden on anyone. So their index card might say, my needs are not a problem. It's okay for me to have needs, desires, and to have them met. I am worthy. I can have needs and my needs will be met. Type 6 is a fear of being without support or guidance and the type 6 has always been the coined as one of the most challenging personality types to have they are the loyal skeptics of the enneagram they tend to be very very loyal to those who have proved themselves to the to them but they will be skeptical of the motivations of others until they have put them to the test so while being very loyal to systems or um, societies and their own, uh, what they know, they will be skeptical of outsiders, even skeptical of themselves. If they don't know themselves very well, they don't trust what's going on in their own mind. Type six affirmation, you are safe. So on your index card, you would put, I am safe. I am okay everything is all right. Everything is going to be all right. I am always safe. Type seven, fear of being deprived or trapped in pain, which I think I shared with you on the last podcast episode. And that affirmation is you will be taken care of. Index card might be my needs are always met. I will be taken care of. I have nothing to fear. Type eight, fear of being harmed or controlled by others. The type eight is known as the challenger and they really like to challenge anything that challenges them. They like to, um, challenge status quo's or anyone who is trying to uh control them or their environment. If their self-preservation needs, like we talked about physical pardon me, physical comfort or whatever it may be in their environment, they're gonna be the first ones to hop up and change the thermostat or run out to the car and get a sweater if they're cold. Um they have a tremendous fear of being controlled. But they wouldn't call it fear, they just call it want. (laughs) They would say, No, I'm not afraid of anything. Their lost childhood message is, You will not be betrayed. So their index card might say, I will not be betrayed. I will not betray myself. I am safe. I am in control of myself. The type nine has a fear of loss of connection of fragmentation. Now a type nine is also a complicated type similar to the type six because they have a fear of loss of connection of fragmentation of both their inner and their outer worlds. It could be their mental environment or their external environment. They're known as the peacemaker and they enjoy peace and harmony. On the Enneagram, the graph that we talked about a few moments ago, they're at the top and that's because they like harmony. They want peace among all types and even peace within themselves. And if they don't feel peace externally, they will retreat inside of their minds. And if they don't feel it inside, they will retreat outside. So they may change and rearrange their homes. They may go to cleaning the kitchen or something of that nature. They'll, they'll really seek order in their lives. So the fear of loss of connection of fragmentation would be a fragmentation of, uh, mental constructs and things that they really relied upon or fragmentation of groups or fragmentation of society, um, fear of loss of connection to self, to others. The lost childhood message of the nine is your presence matters. Feeling significant for a nine in their own family, in society, in the global sphere of influence, uh, however big that sphere is for a nine is so important. So the a uh, three by five card for affirmation. Maybe my presence matters. I am significant. I am important. My presence is important to the world. I am important to myself. If you listen to my <laughs> Episode on the power of affirmations, we talk about rewiring the neural connections in your mind so that you can have this uh, new thought process, this new patterning, so that you can truly rewire your brain for success, rewire your brain for uh, attaining and achieving whatever it is that you want to do, be, or have. And when we really get to the core of things that are our lost childhood messages, we can stop the behaviors that are self-sabotaging, are externally painful to others, that harm our desires, that undermine what we've been striving for, whether we're trying to, um, reach certain goals that are, uh, to get love and affection from partners to get promotions and success at work, to reach and achieve certain milestones in our lives, even to be better parents and have better connection and and loving relationships with our children. When we feel connected and significant and loved and like we matter, like we're good and we're wanted and seen for who we are, it opens up new worlds. It's important though, that you don't just say the words. It's important to feel the feelings. And when you go through, if the feeling is like, yeah, sure. I'm good enough. Sure. I'm loved and connected. Exploring why you're rolling your eyes or shrugging your shoulders or feeling this tightness in your throat or your heart center. Like what is making you disagree with the statement? And taking a few moments to really, you know, if you're not a journaler, it's okay. You don't have to change all of your behaviors in order to go through these exercises. But bringing up the memory that made you feel like you weren't safe. Okay, okay. I remember now it was when I was at this social gathering and everyone was laughing and I came out and everyone started laughing even harder. That was really painful. Okay. How did, why what happened next? And then going through and identifying and then gathering more information about what about it made you not feel safe. Okay. So what is it that I need now to feel safe? Do I need to never go to another social gathering? Or do I need to really choose which social gatherings I go to? Do I need to form healthy connections with people and understand the the people that I'm going to be with are true friends, are true connections that I want to be around? Do I need to build a life that is going to be beneficial and healthy and loving? and, Or do I need to go with a friend who I trust? Putting yourself in a situation that sets you up for success. Or if you feel like you are not wanted, why do you not feel wanted? When did that first come up for you? And then was there another time that you didn't feel wanted or that you felt like you had to perform you had to put on a show in order to be wanted or loved? Was it you that felt that way or was it other people's behavior? And what about their behavior was it? Was it that they were so preoccupied with themselves and their own nonsense that they just didn't have the time for you how was that your fault? You were just a child. That's not your fault. You were doing what's perfectly natural and what comes as a result of wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, and wanting to be loved. And there is nothing wrong with that. You are loved. You are seen you can be heard. It's just up to you in order to speak, in order to raise your voice, in order to um, quiet that inner imposter who tells you you're not good enough. And if you've been listening, I sure hope you have. You're learning skills on how to quiet the inner imposter I hope this is helpful. I hope you start doing these things. And if you have any questions whatsoever about the Enneagram, about how to use these affirmations in your life, reach out to me. My email address is info at quantumhighways.com or you can find me on Facebook at that group, Spirituality and Self with Kelly Pierce. I would be so honored to help be one of your guides along your spiritual journey. Have the best day.